Another week, another blowout Jets loss. Gang Green was dismantled 30-10 by the Cardinals at MetLife as they fall to 0-5 on the season. We'll get into what continues to go wrong for the Jets. Kaz and I will chat with the post Mark Canizero who sounds off on Le'Veon Bell. All that and a whole lot more next on a brand new episode of Gangs All Here from the New York Post. You play to win the game. Welcome back in, everybody. It's Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Jake Brown here, Brian Costello there. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We're now on Amazon, wherever you get podcasts. But if you do use Apple Podcasts, give us that five-star rating and write in a nice review. We appreciate your support. While you're there, you can also subscribe to the new New York Post Jalen Rose podcast called Renaissance Man. Um, He's had a couple of great guests, Big Sean and Cedric the Entertainer so far. So check that out as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio. Follow Kaz at Brian Kaz. Read his stories in the paper and at nypost.com. Kaz, yet another loss today. The Jets fall to 0-5. Just no signs of any kind of positivity Outside of the likes of Jamison Crowder, maybe a little Braden Man, maybe Sam Ficken, who has yet to miss a field goal this season. The play calling was brutal. The offense was brutal. Joe Flacco, they didn't, you know, they tried down the field a couple of times. They tried a couple of deep bombs, but to no avail. I mean, they just don't really have the talent to make plays big down the field. We saw a lot of the same old song with the offense. We saw some poor decisions by Adam Gates and a tight end, uh, really a fullback dive with third string tight end, uh, Trayvon Wesco, and then fourth and inches. They couldn't get it through with Le'Veon Bell. Just across the board, another uh, brutal loss. We're going to be talking a lot about these, Kaz, but 0-5, and, and, you know, it doesn't really, any signs of pointing up, there are none of them. No, uh, another loss, another week, different quarterback, same result, Jake, you know, and I thought Wesco, I know he's a tight end, but he practices at fullback constantly. So I I don't think that was the problem with the play. I think the problem with the play is calling a fullback dive just rarely works. Uh, Worked last year against the Giants. And I think that's what Adam had in mind when he went for that. But, you know, this offensive line can't get a push. Uh, if you watch the Cardinals play the Panthers last week, the Panthers pushed them all around the field and the Panthers are an okay team, but it's not like they're the Chiefs or something. And the, the Jets got no push up front on those plays. You know, on the other third and one, Jeff Smith drops the ball. So, I mean, you can lament play calling, but at some point guys have to be able to just get a freaking yard, you know, no matter what the play call is, get a yard, get a push. Uh, like would have liked to see Flacco sneak on one of those plays. He's a big guy can just kind of fall forward and get a yard, but that's not what they did. And to me, Jake, they, you know, this game, the crucial point of this game, there were a few critical points, but the part that to me where the Jets lost it was they, they do go down the field and score a touchdown after a 52-yard pass to Jameson Crowder. So there was one long play that they had. The Crowder scores an 11-yard touchdown. It's 17-10. to 10. And even though I don't think anyone ever thought the Jets were going to win this game, they're down by a touchdown in the third quarter. The defense has to get a stop there, right? Like the Jets have a little bit of momentum, a little feel good. What happens? Fourth and one for the Cardinals 
Cardinals. Fourth and one for the Cardinals, right? Now, we, we talked about the Jets not getting fourth and one. They call a beautiful play with, with that's what you have. When you have Kyler Murray, you can do this sort of thing where he does a play action pass to the tight end Daniels for 31 yards, and then they just run right through the Jets. You know, uh, it was they, they did a short pass to Edmonds for eight yards. Edmonds ran for seven yards. Drake for eight yards. Drake for seven yards. Drake, one yard touchdown. Now it's 24 10. Any momentum you had is gone. The game is over at that point. And, you know, that's just the Jets right now. The defense played okay, I thought, in the first half. Kyler Murray didn't kill them in the first half. And then they collapsed in the second half. The offense couldn't do anything. They finally get a touchdown and they, they just can't get all, everything together uh, with this team. And it's just, you know, these, these little mistakes are killing them. Yeah. I mean, it would have been 500 yards outside of the Neals. I mean, they just lit up the, uh, the Jets defense. And it's funny because Kyler Murray only had 31 yards rushing. You would think that the Jets would have a shot if they held him to 31 yards. They did not. He still threw for 380. And, uh, you know, he it wasn't even his best game, it didn't feel like. But he was just carving up the defense when he needed to. Like you said, that play call on fourth and one, just a killer. And you saw the difference in play calls. I mean, they just worked. You know, the Jets couldn't get to Kyler Murray. They weren't sacking him enough. They weren't putting enough pressure. They had a couple sacks. But, you know, outside of that, cause they just, you know, they they... Their game plan was not good at all. You can kill play calling and game plan. They have no players. I mean, when you have Kyler Murray and then you have DeAndre Hopkins over here, Larry Fitzgerald can still get you seven yards on the first down on every play. You know, if, if you took Christian Kirk, who that's probably their third number, he's the number one wide receiver on the Jets, right? Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds would be the best running back on the Jets. Kyler Murray is light years better than Joe Flacco and light years better than Sam Darnold. When you have, like, it's easier to call plays and it's easier to game plan when you have good football players. The Jets have none, Jake. They have none. They do not have one good football player right now. Makai Becton had two good games at the beginning of the year. He hasn't played. Marcus May played one good game. He's vanished since then. Quinn Williams showed up for a minute. He's vanished since then. Like, who is a good football player on the Jets right now? It should be Le'Veon Bell, but obviously he's just not the same player that he used to he's be. He's not the player he was. You yeah. know, and, look, and I, all he had to watch was that fourth and one when they did that, or the third and one when they did the pitch to him. It took him about three years to get to the outside. Crowder's like, been he, encouraging. He's, he's, he's been one Crowder, bright Okay, spot. yeah, that's fair. Crowder's been good. Crowder missed a few games, but Crowder's been good. He Crowder's their best player. That's the answer to the question, I think. He's been good, but they just don't have enough good football players right now. I know everyone hates Adam Gase. I know everyone hates the play calling and he's not doing a good job obviously 0-5 is on it's on him that's on his record he's the head coach but I also think you gotta look at these players and be like who the heck is on this team right now who who do you turn to to make a play right now on either side of the ball well Kaz you also got to look at the disappointment of guys who are not performing as they should and that that all falls a lot on Chris Herndon he has just been brutal man he continues to drop balls that are right in his hands he had a huge drop today as he you know again was looking up the field before he catches it you know Stonewall, stone hands, Chris Herndon. And at this point, you, you might as well just start Ryan Griffin and barely use Herndon because he's been a liability on offense for this team. Yeah, well, they started Ryan Griffin today, but Herndon, I think, ended up playing more. And I, I'm looking at the stats now. Griffin didn't wasn't targeted once. Herndon was targeted three times. So it doesn't really matter who starts if, if you're not going to throw the ball to Griffin. I would put Herndon on the bench and let him think about things for a while. I mean, his confidence is shot. I, I think that's clear. He, the guy... This is in his head now. You know, maybe you try to let him play through it. You could argue that, I guess. But that that drop today was brutal. Uh, they ended up overcoming that drop. Jake. It's one of the rare mistakes they overcame because they scored a touchdown after that. But yeah, he's uh, he's the you know he's such a huge disappointment because he looked great in training camp. He looked really good. I mean, I wrote about it. Everybody wrote about it. G you know, Gase talked him up. Everyone expected big things from him, and he's just. 
been terrible this year. Yeah, and I'm sick of the excuses for him. I mean, there's balls he's got to catch, and he's not. I'm tired of Chris Herndon. Um, I would not mind if they try to – I mean, they're not going to get anything from him. But I wouldn't mind if they try to trade him. He's he's just been such a wild disappointment. And, you know, they, they spent all his money in Griffin. He's done nothing. But, again, you said he started. He needs to see a majority of the time over Herndon because Herndon doesn't even deserve to be out there. And it's, it's super frustrating when your team has third and one three times and they can't convert three times on third and one. Third and one! I mean, I know there's no talent here, but, my God, it's one freaking yard – and they continue not to be able to get that one yard and to watch this constant ineptitude. I mean, I'm not going to lose my voice because we're going to see this every week. So I'll have no voice all season if I do. But, man, it, one yard, they make it so difficult, man. Yeah, they probably should have punted when they were at the Cardinals 13, right? They, they, that was <laughs> that was the play there. Uh, yeah, I was laughing because, you know, they, they punted on fourth and one and fourth and two early in the game. And I'm sure Jets fans were like, oh, my God, go for it. Go for it, geez. Well, then he went for it and they didn't get, they didn't get it. So it just shows you. I just, again, Joe Flacco's a big man. I don't understand why he can't fall forward and get one yard. I defend Gase on a lot of things. I cannot defend him on his hatred for the quarterback sneak because to me, it's a great play. Uh, yes, Patrick Mahomes got injured last year, but that is the only time I can think of a quarterback getting injured on a sneak. If I was a coach, I would be quarterback sneaking all the time on third one. It would probably be very predictable. Seems to work for Tom Brady pretty well, and I would have done with Flacco there. Well, it's a better play than you know the fullback dive attempt, and I know Wesco plays yeah. that position. That's just a poor play call. It's a poor uh, play, yeah. And there's no creativity there. And, of course, some Le'Veon Bell drama after the game, he he did not speak to you guys on your Zoom sh- sessions after. So kind of a weak move, and, and you said his weak. I kind of agree. He should speak up. It seems like kind of that sore loser mentality. And then you know he's not been being used in the past game, and you you gotta you know, you know gotta admit that that they do need to use him more. I know he's not the same player, but he hasn't been used effectively. And he you know he will go on liking tweets about that. So after the game, he liked a couple of tweets. One from my friend Jay Gasman. He said the Jets should trade Le'Veon Bell. I love love the guy i'm tired of gaze bs he doesn't know how to use them so they might as well get a pick bell like that so you know he's he's trying to stir up the drama a little bit uh, another tweet the usage of levy on bells is inexcusable only one target in the passing game he's the most talented player in offense and they don't get the ball in his hands enough super frustrating uh, we are wasting talent like Le'Veon Bell. And then he also liked uh, Connor Hughes' tweet. Le'Veon Bell, who the Jets stressed they need to evolve in the passing game, had one catch on one target for seven yards. Your thoughts on Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, well, I think the Jets would trade him for a day off right now. But, they, you know, they, they can't get that. They're, they're, no one's going to trade for Le'Veon Bell. You can see he stinks. You know, it's over for Le'Veon Bell. I think, you know, I think the Steelers used him a lot. I just don't think there's anything left there. I think the year off hurt him. You know, yes, he wasn't targeted, and that's partly on Gase. It's also, you, is the quarterback targeting him? I, there was one play near the goal line where he was split out, uh, where I thought they might go to him, and they went to Crowder. I think it might have been, even been the touchdown. I'm not sure, but I actually noticed that, that Le'Veon was split out wide on that one. There's a lot of problems with this team. To me, not throwing the ball to Le'Veon Bell is not high on the list. Uh, he hasn't shown the ability to get open, Jake. Like uh, People talk about this all the time. His catches. A lot of his catches in Pittsburgh were kind of him and Roethlisberger had a really good feel for it. And he would kind of sit down in the middle and they'd throw the ball to him as a check down. It's also like five years ago at this point. 
Like people need to get over the numbers Le'Veon put up in Pittsburgh. It's four or five years ago when he had those good years. He's a lot older now. He's not the same player he is anymore. And I think the Jets would love to trade him. I just don't think they're going to get anything for him. I think right now they'd give him away. I think if they could get a seventh round pick, they would do it. Yeah, it's pretty well. Yeah, if someone will eat all the money, I think that does make yeah. sense. Uh, it is to me alarming. I agree with you, but when he has one target and Jeff Smith has 11, that is a mind blowing stat. When you think of, I know one's a receiver, it's going to happen, and the Jets are beleaguered at receiver, but 11 to 1 cause is pretty uh, astounding. Uh, to me, I, I'd rather see Michael P. Ryan getting like that. That to me is a bigger deal than, than Le'Veon Bell. Like, why isn't P. Ryan playing more? And I don't think the Jets trust him right now, but like, enough. Bell and Gore, like I, like put Piran in the game more, get him involved, throw him the ball, let him carry the ball. Um, you know I, that to me is a is a bigger deal than than Le'Veon Bell. Well, I definitely agree using the, using him in that uh, version versus him as a kick returner, where he put the team in a yeah, couple of bad spots. <laughs> he bobbled the ball. The Jets had the ball like their own twelve, like three times. Um, just poor field position. I mean, I'd rather him just let the ball go and just take it at the twenty five. You know, costing this team who was trouble moving the ball 10 yards, costing them that many yards multiple times definitely uh, is a backbreaker to start off drives. And, you know, Joe Flacco, what are you going to do, man? I mean, he, he had a you know injured offensive line. George Fant at one point left the game. Makai Becton wasn't playing. This offense is hard to watch. I mean, they just when they get first downs, I mean, you were there. They were playing the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets chant while they were driving up the field. I mean, they'd get a first down, and, you know, them getting a first down gets the automated piped-in chant, not even a score anymore. All they got to do is move it 10 yards. I mean, how embarrassing is that, Cause? Yeah, well, I mean, when they get a first down, it's like a miracle. You know, you're like the first, first down. You're like, oh, my God, they did it. And when they actually throw the ball in the end zone, I feel like they should get points for throwing the ball in the end zone. They should get, like, one bonus point for actually attempting to – pass in the end zone because that's what drives me crazy in the red zone is all this they they never attack the end zone and it's like just you know i don't know the the, the offense is terrible the defense is terrible special teams jay sam ficken is pretty good jake nine for nine this year i Let's ordered his jersey after, yeah i ordered his jersey after the game you know i got a ficken <laughs> uh what number is he nine um, nine yep yeah, matthias nine. matthias farley made some really nice tackles on punts i thought so you know the punter the rookie punter punted decently unless you have a chris farley jersey you're gonna have to get that one customized uh matthias farley <laughs> I, I don't even know what number he is uh yeah it's special teams i mean you and you you write about it it's like the only one not getting an f is the special teams yeah yeah the report cards are brutal this you know I, the report card something i sit down and do first and it's like uh you know every week it's just f f f f f f it's not great. It looks, probably looks like what your report cards look like. Too. Oh, I was going to say, they're going to call the New York Jets the high school dropouts. We're going to do a, a team <laughs> team name change. Uh, I was actually a B student, Kaz, so the low blow wow. is, is re- appreciated, but I did hit the books. I was I was a good kid. I didn't curse. I didn't drink. I didn't smoke all through high school. I was a very – I wore sweatpants. I wore jumpsuits, and I watched the Mets lose, and I watched the Jets. I just watched my team. So uh, I like to say I was a loser in high school. Um, pretty much. So yeah, no, no F some B's. I had some A's in there as well. I was a 3.0 student. So, uh, unlike the jets, they are a 1.0 football team. If that maybe a well, 0. 0.5, yeah, you know, the movie animal house, yeah. Jake, you familiar with that? Yeah. The Butarski, the 0.0. They, yes, you know, yes. Yes. Yeah. That's the, the jets GPA might be 0. <laughs> 0.0. 0. 0.0 across the board. And, um, you know, it's, it's only going to get a uh, rougher, but will it get rougher is the question because, now with these this schedule, I mean, you really got to draw out like a map to keep up with what the NFL is doing with these rescheduling games. 
They will be, what, in Miami next week against the Dolphins. Then, what, week 10 is now going to be a bye, and then week 11 they will play the Chargers in L.A. Will you be making a trip to South Beach next week? No, I will not. Cardinals game was my 149th consecutive Jets game. That streak will come to an end now with this one because I will not be in Miami next week. Uh, It's just not worth traveling with COVID. So I'll be doing that from the couch next week, Jake. This is like Cal Ripken when they they finally didn't play him. (laughs) Cal Ripken Jr. Kaz has sat for the game in Miami. You won't be making your way down there. And uh, you should see my career record watching the Jets though, too. It's it's like, do you have it down? What is it? I'm curious. I've done it before, but it's like 60 and 80 something. I think I've seen it's, it's, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. I could probably figure it out quick. Uh, you know, it, it's since 2011, so I could probably figure it out. It's like a, a Mets record under like Mickey Calloway. You're approaching uh, <laughs> with those kind of numbers. Um, all right. Well, they'll play Miami next week. We'll preview that game on Thursday. And joining us now is New York Post sports writer, columnist. He was there with Kaz covering the debacle of the Jets at MetLife Stadium. It is Mark Canizero. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark Canizero. Read his stories in the Post and at nypost.com. Can, welcome to the show. Your first appearance here on Season 2. How are you, man? How was the game today? I'm doing fine. I'm doing a lot better than the game was. Let's put it that way. But every week it's something new and uh, yet the same. This is a team that's that's having a hard time even being competitive at this point. So, you know, it's 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 alarming. This Cardinals team was not a you know an elite team that came into MetLife Stadium today. Frankly, I think they kept them into the I kept thought they kept the Jets into the game. I know Kaz and I talked in the press box. We we couldn't understand why why they weren't throwing to Hopkins all day. So it was I, I feel like it was a game that the Cardinals just, you know, kinda knew the Jets were not a threat and they just did what they could to not make any completely idiotic mistakes and and let the Jets in the game which they kind of did a little bit a couple times but uh, they hung in yeah Ken I, I thought the Cardinals didn't play all that well and they still won by 20 points <laughs> and that's all you need to know because you know it wasn't like Kyler Murray had a big day running the ball and he ends up with 380 yards but to me it was you know that was just kind of a slow death by the Jets defense they just kept chipping away there's there's one team in Jets history that you don't want to be compared to and that's the 1996 Jets and that's the last team that started 0-5 so right now the comparisons are starting Mark was the beat writer for the post back in, in 1996 can I mean you see comparisons between uh this team and Rich Kotite's fighting Jets of 1996? You know, the, the, the only difference is there just seemed to be a lot more, you know, hijinks and calamity with the Kotite teams. Uh, you know, I think that while, you know, I, and I've written it and you and I have talked about it before, I, I don't think Gase is a very good head coach and I don't think he's was ever the right fit and the right guy for them to hire. You know, he's not as bad as Kotite. I mean, Kotite just, you know, didn't put the effort and the work in. I think Gase is working and doing what he can, but I just think he's, you know, he's not coming up with a lot of answers. Obviously, he doesn't have a great roster to deal with, but that's partially his fault as well. But yeah, I mean, listen, I wrote him, I wrote kind of at the end of my column for, you know, for tomorrow's post, that 96 team you referred to at 1-15, right now, if you look at the Jets' schedule and you look at the way they're playing, 0-16 is absolutely on the table. So that being the case, you know, that being the thought at this point, the way they've performed in the first five weeks, yeah, there are comparisons, you know, with the two teams. I mean, you can make the argument that the 96 team might have had a little bit more talent than this team, uh, So, which which is even more depressing for Jets fans. Ken, you talked about Adam Gase, and obviously last week everyone looked at as maybe the game he gets let go. What do you see the timeline being now? Do, do they ride it out with Gase the rest of the season? Do, you know, do they get a head start? Me and Kaz talked about it. Last week, do they do it, you know, in December? Where do you see the timeline being? 
Well, Jake, it's pretty clear that Christopher Johnson does not want to fire Adam Gates. Uh, and obviously, the pressure point that we, you know, that we referred to, um, you know, a week or two ago was so soon after Christopher, you know, gave gave Adam the, you know, the, the vote of the kind of very strangely timed vote of confidence after week one. And uh, I, it would have looked foolish to have fired him at that point. But if they continue on this trajectory or, you know, can you traject? Can you can there be a trajectory up or or down? Cause I guess I didn't really use that properly. Maybe on this path, I should say. It's hard to believe that he's going to last the season. But then again, here's the problem. I, I did a column in today's paper, a short column in my in, in today's paper about Romeo Cornell taking over in Texas, uh, in Houston with the Texans, and I, I talked to Charlie Weiss, who's a, who's very tight with Romeo and, and coached with him for years. And you know, Charlie's point. On the, on the Bill O'Brien firing in Houston was they had somebody in the building, kind of an adult in the building, so to speak, to take over. And uh, in Cornell, who's kind of done it before, maybe you can make the argument that, that Greg Williams is that guy with the Jets. But frankly, his defense has played, I think they're, they really, really should be more culpable than the offense because they've got at least a little bit more talent, I think, than the offense. Not that they have a lot. So do we really, I mean, does a Jets fan really want Greg Williams running the team for the rest of the year? I know he did a decent job in Cleveland when he was interim, but I just don't know that there's a lot of answers sitting on that staff right now. You know, and again, it goes back to the Christopher Johnson thing. I know he doesn't want to fire Gase right now. If my gut feeling is it'll ride out to the end of the year. It's pretty clear what this team is, and he'll make the change after the end of the season. Yeah, and you know what's interesting about Greg Williams, guys, that I was just thinking about before I was think, started thinking about the 0-16 teams in the NFL. Greg Williams was the defensive coordinator of the 2017 Browns that went 0-16. So he, he, could, he could possibly be the defensive coordinator for two 0-16 teams. Has that teams, ever happened which, is the question. I don't think so. No, it's impossible because the Lions were the other team, and I don't think there was anyone in the Lions staff that was on the Brown staff. So, like, like, that was 10 years apart, basically. I don't think Greg Williams is going to lead with that, you know, when he talks about his his accomplishments. But I, I think that's a problem. Can I don't I don't know what firing Adam right now accomplishes. If they, you know, I think the next, you know, you referred to last week as a pressure point. I think the next pressure point is the bye week, which is now we you know, they they just moved. You know, that's always a time when teams make a consider a change, and that's in November. Do they do it then? You know, do they want to but get then a if jump they do start? it then? Who do they go to, Cause? Right? Who do they go to? What's your answer yeah. there? I mean, it's going to be somebody on the I staff. Think it, I think it's probably Greg. You know, I think it would probably be Greg. I don't think he's ideal. I don't think it's a great answer, but I do think it would be him. And I think, do they do it if uh, if they want to get a jump start? If there's there is there someone out there that they want to talk to early, a college coach, somebody who who currently isn't on a staff, and they could do that in December. Uh, that's I really think that's the, the best point. I think that's the best point there that you make right there, Cause is uh, is the that's really the only reason I think because this season's obviously going nowhere, and uh, you know I, I I think that's I think that's the best point you bring up there is if there is somebody that they have an eye on that they want to get a head jump start on. Uh, I mean, listen, obviously the Texans are already looking. So, you know, there's one team, you know, right now that's already, that's already gotten rid of their guy first. And I, I agree with you. I, I mean, I, I think you made a good point in, in the in the story you wrote, I believe, a week or so ago about what are you accomplishing? You know, you're not going to save the season. And, and you know, like I said, I mean, I feel guilty myself of giving Greg Williams maybe a little bit too much credit in the past for, for a guy that can work the chess pieces a little bit and, and, and figure out how to do it even without a lot of talent. Because, frankly, it's, it hasn't looked good this year. I mean, I, I get it. There's no Jamal Adams. 
Adams, and I get it that uh, you know that Mosley opted out and all that kind of stuff. But we've we've written about Greg Williams with his schemes and his aggressiveness and whatnot. That you know he finds ways to pressure the quarterback. Kyler Murray sat back there, and I get it, it's a little bit different because they were petrified of him running and getting and, and breaking the contain. But boy, he just I mean he sat back there on a stool looking at looking for receivers today. And you and you thought you you read thirty one yards rushing. You're like, oh, the Jets must have kept this game closed. Now thirty ten. Uh, so he didn't need to run, Jake. Yeah. He didn't need to run, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I was throwing the ball all, all over the place, almost 400 yards and, you know, f- almost 500 yards for the offense. Ken, does uh, does the losing end against the Dolphins next week? I mean, at first, when the season starts, you thought maybe, but now, you know, they just lit up the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo gets benched at halftime. Do they get a win? I was going to say, did you, see, did you just see any of the Dolphin highlights? I know, I don't feel good. I mean, now, holy, yeah. I mean, they look like they might challenge the Bills in the division now. I mean, uh, God bless Fitz, you know? I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> It's just a s- staggering what that guy has accomplished in his career. No, I mean, listen, I don't. I mean, how how can anybody look at that as a winnable game right now? I mean, this team this team can't score touchdowns. You know, the red zone as as Cos wrote about last week or this past week is just putrid, and it continued today. I mean, you know. You, you know, they, they, they get a great break and a good defensive play. Or not a break. I mean, it was a really good defensive play. The deflected, the deflected pass and, and Avery uh, with the pick. And they give him a first down on the 10-yard line. You cannot settle for a field goal when you get first and goal from the 10 off of a, off of a, of a turnover. You just can't. And, and, and a delay, you know, game, delay a game on first down. <laughs> yeah, well, that, there, and I, give, I tell you what, I give Flacco credit. Brian for uh, talking to us on the Zoom afterwards, and he literally said it was that was totally on him because we were speculating in the press box, uh, you know, and I, I, you even said, hey, they probably weren't ready for, ready for the turnover on the sideline. Well, I don't think that was the case at all. You know, Flacco literally said he lost track of the time there, you know, which is unfortunate for a guy that's been in the league, you know, for 35 years. I just looked at Fitzpatrick's statistics from today. Holy cow, 22 of 28 for 350, three touchdowns, a quarterback rating of 154.5. The only good news is Jets fans have seen Fitz have a week like that and then the next week throw six interceptions. So maybe you get the bad Fitz next week. Who's making those three, six interceptions next week is my question. Uh, Avery, Avery Williamson. They, they, and then they'll kick six field goals. Because Pierre Desir might make three interceptions, but he'll give up four touchdown passes <laughs> also. So it's, it, won't, it will not be a net-net win. We talked about 996 before, Cam, and I think a lot of Jets fans feel like this is a similar moment. And, you know, obviously Parcells came in and just changed the organization completely the following year. Is there a guy out there right now who is the 2020 version of Bill Parcells in 1997 that, that you see out there? Uh, Bill Belichick would be uh, – can we start there? <laughs> I don't because I mean it's yeah. it's a it, it's a it's a very good question and I don't have a really great answer to it because you know that culture changing guy with credibility you know like Parcells you know was and had I don't really just think is out there with an easy hire anywhere you know I mean certainly no college coach is going to come in and 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 fill that bill so to speak not to say a college coach couldn't come in and do that. But there's no college coach out there right now that I mean you know you know look let's look at you know you know the, the Oklahoma coach you know who was the high you know this guy was the hottest guy around you know his team's you know he blew a couple of leads in the first two two games of the season you know this year right so uh, Lincoln Riley I mean so I mean everybody you know he was the hot ticket right well I mean is he gonna guy is he gonna come in here and change the culture so. And I don't even know, um, you know, amongst the, the you know, no assistant coach who's never coached, been a head coach before, which the Jets keep going that route other than, well, other than Gase. I don't know. I, I don't think there's an answer to that right now. I really don't. I mean, that's kind of depressing for the Jet fan to think about. But Parcells at that time 
was the absolute, I mean, he literally came in and changed everything and not just, the, I mean, everything in the building, just not the football operation, just right down to the, you know, the people in the office. There was just a whole different vibe in that building when he got there. And, yeah, and that's uh, the thing, that's the, the thing you know, with, with, with Gase and with Bowles, like we've seen it. And even I think Rex was more successful to some degree. These coaches come in and they want to change the culture. They all talk about the culture. They all talk about changing it, but they can't do it just by walking in the door like Parcells did. And, and like they need somebody with some gravitas to do that. And I just don't know if that person's out there. We talked about on the radio on FAN the other day on Joe and Evan. They asked me about Sean Payton as an idea, you know, and like could he, you know, if Drew Brees retires, would Payton look, be looking to move on from New Orleans? Two issues I thought with that is, you know, are you going to give up the, the first round draft pick for Sean Payton? Because I, I think he's still under contract with the Saints. And then the other aspect that's that's tricky for what we're talking about, the guy that comes in and takes over is Joe Douglas ain't going anywhere. So are you now going to, are you going to bring in a guy like Sean Payton, who I'm sure is going to want total control that makes Joe Douglas a glorified personnel guy. So I, I don't know, you know, you do that. Yeah. And then, then what you fall into cause is, is what we've looked at with the jets for so many years, you know, certainly, you know, if you remember, you know, obviously the, you know, Tannenbaum fired, Aidzik brought in, Rex still there. They're always off schedule. Right. And, uh, uh, you know, and that's, that's been a huge issue. You know, I mean, I look at even the Giants, for example. I mean, there's a, dude, I, I, I'm kind of impressed with Joe Judge, which is hard to, we're weird to say because they're 0-5, but I, I, I just think, see something there. But, you know, it's obviously we're all still trying to figure it out. But, you know, with the Gettleman situation, I mean, everybody wants Gettleman out yesterday, and, and he certainly has not done a very good job. But So they're off schedule a little bit. I mean, what are we, how, when are we going to get on schedule? The only way we're going to get on schedule is that Joe Douglas finds some guy that will, you know, fall in, in line with him and dovetail his philosophy and, and proves himself to be a, a proper good head coach. But it's just, God, there's just, you know, there's so few of these guys out there. I mean, the, the young guys like the Kyle Shanahan's, you know, are few and far between. And, you know, even, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's just, yeah, I don't, I, I don't have an answer. And I, that's, I, I, mean, I guess we're supposed, I'm the guy that's supposed to have answers too, but I don't. Yeah, Ken, uh, Le'Veon Bell, you know, we talked about earlier in the show, uh, you know, he didn't come on the Zoom session after the game, didn't talk to the media. He liked a few tweets about the Jets, you know, trying to tr potentially trade him and not using him enough as a receiver. Where are you on Le'Veon Bell? Kaz, you know, said he would take a day off for the Jets, uh, you know, to try and trade him. Where are you on Bell? Well, Jake, I've been I've been a pretty positive Bell supporter for the way he conducted himself last year uh, in the locker room. I, I thought he bit his tongue, you know very well and sometimes when I know he was frustrated and you know he's he's been a well-liked guy in that room but I, I don't what's taken place you know just recently here and I, I just retweeted one of you know Kaza's tweets about how weak it was that Bell wouldn't come to a a freaking Zoom call you know when you just got to sit in front of a computer for a minute and a half and answer a couple of questions you know the, the shame of what we're under we're going right now in a professional manner in terms of our what we do and maybe the readers don't care about it or our listeners don't care about it but they probably should is that it's too, it's way too easy now for these guys to hide. The unaccountable can hide so easily in this COVID Zoom world because, you know, they can just tell the PR staff, no, I don't want to go talk, and they're going to say, okay, well, you know, then don't worry about it. That That's a shame right now. So he's I'm, – I'm really down on what's taking place with him right now. You know, last year I think he – dusted us cause i want to say maybe one time it was at cincinnati jacksonville, jacksonville. yeah i mean you know so i i was i was you know i was I, I i gave him a lot of benefit of the doubt last year 
I think what he's doing now, you know, particularly on a day where he finally came back after being out for three games, you're supposed to be a team leader. You're getting paid stupid money. You know, sit your ass down, uh, you know, in front of a Zoom camera or, you know, a computer camera for three minutes and answer some questions. i tell you what I didn't like also, Kaz, and I, I, I meant it. To, we had George, George Fant was one of the three people that the Jets managed to trot out a uh, postgame, uh, which was as weak as, as Le'Veon not showing up. I can't remember who asked the question, but somebody asked Fant the question about that third and fourth and one uh, that they failed on at the 13-yard line and, and you know, it said, you know, you know, who really is accountable for that? And Fant, I mean, I, I actually thought we lost connection for, for about 30 <laughs> seconds on the on the Zoom call because it was like silence. And finally, he was like stumbled and said, um, oh, I don't, I, I don't know, really know what happened there. We have to play, you know, we, we all have to play better. And, I, you know, as I said in my column for tomorrow, you know what? Bad answer. That's an offensive lineman. Who, and these guys want to run block, okay? This is what these guys, you know, this is where they, this is their, their crack is run blocking, right? This is a guy that should say, you know what? That's on us, the offensive line. We can't get one, we can't one yard for our running back in our offense. That's that's unacceptable. That's what you got to hear out of George Fan. I did not like that accountability at all. I, maybe maybe in Seattle, you know, <laughs> where he was before, you know, there was you know you have to be accountable or whatever. I don't understand it, but I, this, this was that was a bad answer in my opinion. Mark Canizero, uh, you know, coming out hot, coming out swinging today. Uh, do, do you have to use a megaphone to shout to Kaz from the six feet away in the in the press box? <laughs> no, you know, it's weird. We were a little closer, I thought, Kaz, today in that room than we were in the Thursday night game. Uh, you know, I, I thought our colleague Zach Braziller was uncomfortably close to me. Uh, I was, I didn't want to be rude to him. But here's the problem is if I moved to my right, I would have gotten closer to cause. So like, what's the, what's the lesser of two evils there? Right. So all Zach, but, all yeah, Zach it, was worried. All Zach was worried about was Zach, the school. Can you, we know exactly. College is college football column. And oh, he, he's been know. begging for the, you know, Zach to school college basketball podcast. I'm like, I don't know. Oh, well, I was, I was, at, I was wondering, Zach, does he have that? Has that been, is that in play? I mean, is, how is, many, he, is he negotiating how many people, for that? How many people does he have in his family, Jake? That's how many listeners he does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He might have a big Italian family. He might have 50. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, no, that podcast is yet to come. We'll see. Maybe one day. I will, I will say just to, to, to be a quick, serious, schedule quick serious note on that is I will say that they and I'm sure cause would concur with me they've done a very a very good and responsible job with the social distancing and everything they've done at the stadium and whatnot for you know in the press box and everything we've you know been around so I don't really want to make light of that because you know it has been done right Sam Ficken Braden Mann and the uh the team that sets up the press box are the MVPs of the Jets <laughs> this season you gotta love it it's gonna be a long season Ken and uh we'll, we'll check in with you later in the season appreciate you coming on good dude good talking to you guys That says goodnight to episode 41, the Matt Snell edition of Gangs All Here, New York Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Alex Camerata for helping me out in producing the show. As you wrap the show up, do us a favor and go on Apple Podcasts, write in a positive review, and give us a five-star rating. We appreciate your support. For Brian Costello, I'm Jake Brown. We'll return on Thursday to preview the Jets matchup with the Dolphins. We'll talk to you all then. Stay safe.